Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another week of the Ninth State Sports Show Lacrosse Edition. I am your host, Joe Marcellina from nh-highschoolsports.com, and alongside me once again is Chris Hetler, head coach of the Dairyfield Boys Lacrosse Team. Coach, as always, thanks again for stopping in. Joe, thanks for having me back. Another nice week. Uh, just a reminder, we're recording this show uh, this spring at Riverside Barbecue in downtown Nashua, usually around 7 o'clock on uh, Wednesdays, although we're... Uh, going late night tonight uh late game today so feel free to send us your questions or feedback at nhhighschoolsports at gmail.com or you can tweet at us at nhhs sports uh the show is also available every thursday morning at nh-highschoolsports.com or on itunes chris so what stands out to you the most from uh the last seven days of lacrosse well, uh, you know, if we start on the on the D1 side, I, I'd like to start with, with Salem and the incredible run they've been on right now. Coach Coach Megan's got his guys playing really well. They've won six straight games in a, in a very short amount of time. Since May 1st to the 9th now, they, they've won six straight games. So incredible depth that they're showing and, you know, some really impressive defense. You look there, they're, they're probably averaging around six goals a game, giving up on defense against some, some traditionally really good teams, Concord, Sauhegan, Went, holding Wyndham to four goals, um, you know, and they're they're right in the thick of things right now. I, I think we were looking at their schedule and we said at worst it looks like maybe you know like an 11, 11 and seven season, maybe maybe twelve and wins. That's you know? kind of what um, it's shaping up to. Yeah. So in in by all by all indications, it looks like they're they're in the hunt for a top four seed. That would be that would be an incredible season for them. Yeah, if the playoffs started today, they would be the four seed hosting Bedford, which is actually what they're going to do next Wednesday. Um, so that's kind of an interesting game there, I think. Uh, you know, if you're if you looking at, at their defense over the course of the year, you're right, they've probably averaged somewhere between 8, 9, 10 allowed. But I th a lot of that's inflated because they gave up to gave up 20 to, to uh, Pinkerton, 10 to Hanover, and, and 15, and 15 to, Exeter. to Exeter. And those three you, know, losses, you take those yeah. out, you know, and then you look at that first game of the year, they lose 9-7 to Londonderry. I wonder if, if that game is played now. You know, is that it? I mean, because they're, you know, new coach for Salem, um, you know, might take time to adjust for, uh, for them, I got to imagine. You know, uh, maybe that's a different. So I, I think they've got a really nice thing going there. I had a chance to talk to Coach Megan the other day, and, um, you know, the, the old coach, Coach White, who was there last year, he's helping out with the offense, and Coach Verge, another Pinkerton graduate, he's helping out with the defense there. Um, so it just shows what a, what a nice, you know, you get a little stability in the coaching staff, and you get some knowledgeable guys out there. Salem has athletes. I mean, you've seen it in their football program and in other sports, um, and now it's showing up on the lacrosse field. You know, another team in D1 that's kind of turned things around uh, and put up some some offensive numbers in the last week or two. Uh, my, my chance to be a homer a little bit here, though, is, is, is Nashua South. Absolutely. Um, you know, 17, 13, 16, and then 8 against a really good defensive minded Hollis Brookline team the other that's day a big win that's a big win for them um you know that that was one that we kind of had circled that was big for both Hollis and Nashua as far as seeding goes mm -hmm. um yeah. you know for them for for Nashua to get into the playoffs that that's a big win for them right there you know and um, they oh, I was just gonna say you know they've got they've still got Pinkerton coming right. up they've got Exeter yep. on the schedule but then they've got some games you know against Sauhegan Concord Nashua North that you know are going to determine that final you know four five six seven eight spot I think there there are two games on on their of their remaining schedule to me that kind of stand out as must wins if they're going to get in and that's the at Hanover and at Sauhegan um, coming up you know in the next couple of days because those are the teams right now that look like they're they're going to be fighting for for those last couple playoff spots. I agree. I agree. So though yeah, 
you know, and so we'll see coming up soon. Um, you know, the other team, you know, we had the we had the big Pinkerton BG matchup uh, last week. You know, Pinkerton has since rebounded nicely. They had a great 8-7 win over Cohasset. Um, and then they've taken care of business against the teams they should take care of. Right. You know, the right. defense is playing really well. Um, they're winning fa- they're winning face-offs, and they looked like they got things r- rolling heading towards a, a showdown with Longmeadow and Andover coming up. You know, and, and the other side of that, BG certainly hasn't had any letdown. Um, they went down to Reading on Tuesday and just played probably as close to a perfect game as you're going to get. At 18, I think 6 or 7 was the final. Um you know, against a team that is typically, um, you know, if you, you compare scores, Reading was a team that lost to BC High by six, who BG beat by three, but really that was kind of, you know, they got three late ones to, to make that one closer. And I guess that, that game against BC High, Reading was out without its two best players. So, you know, going in, thought it was going to be a little bit of a better game, and next thing you know, it's 11-3 at halftime. Yeah, so I mean, you know, they, BG BG's got they're rolling right now. Uh, they can't over obviously can't overlook a, a good Exeter team coming up uh, coming up on the road, or sorry, they get that at home, and then they have Zavarian brothers at home. Um, you're you know, if if you're Coach Cameron, you're, you're trying to keep your guys focused and, and not looking ahead because uh, Exeter has given them trouble over the years in the playoffs last year. They played them really tight in the first half, as we've talked about before. They've got a great goalie in Henry Vogt. Uh, you know, and Mike Penn is a matchup. He, he's a matchup problem. You know, because of his size and quickness. You know, you'd say, okay, we'll just put Doug Barker on him. Well, <laughs> Doug Barker's towering <laughs> over him, and it's hard. Right, it's hard to right. get low enough to, to be able to throw effective checks and to box him out. Yeah. Um, so, you know, again, will Mike Penna have enough around him to keep to keep Exeter in the game? That'll that'll be the story. And can they win? You know, can they get enough possessions? You know, and and what's how, how much of a, a a difference does it make for BG? You know. Exeter's got, um, you know, one of the best young goalies in the state in, in Henry uh, Voigt. You know, of, but then again, they also practice every day against one of the best young goalies in the state and James Hetmiller. I mean, yeah, they're I mean almost, they, almost kind of similar goalies in a sense, too. Very similar. Uh, Henry Henry takes up a little bit more space um, and plays a little bit more of a traditional style. Um, you know, plays his angles really well. James is just explosive. Like, when James, when James, when ball, when, when he's on, He's seeing the ball come out of the stick faster than I think most goalies do, and and that allows him to react just a little bit quicker than uh, a lot of kids I've seen. So he does play a little bit more. I wouldn't say hockey style. I mean, I, I've worked with James, and and he plays the same technique that, you know, I teach a lot of the goalies. Um, but he has that little explosive ability. When you think he got him beat, he'll throw a leg out there, he'll throw an arm out there, and just find a way to get hit with the ball, even though. He doesn't take up as much space as a lot of the other goalies that they're playing against. Uh, you know, one team that's kind of headed in the other direction that um, I, we were kind of talking about before we got started here was um, Sauhegan. Um, you know, we knew that they were kind of young in spots coming into this year. They had to replace some really talented kids on their defensive end. Um, I mean, just looking at their scores, I mean, that seems to be where... You know, injuries, course. you know, injuries to Curtis yeah. Red and Thomas Warner and some of their other guys has, have, have definitely not helped. Um, it was going to be, it was going to be, a, you know, an, it was going to need to be a, a team offensive uh, approach. And then when you lose a couple talented guys like that, um, you know, you, your offense is going to suffer a little bit. But they had a nice bounce back win against Concord, 15-5. Now, I, I mean, that Londonderry game and South game are looming very large. Two teams that, you know, they're looking up in the standings at. You know, needing to needing to, to win those games and then take care of business against Nashua North. Um, they got two games against Londonderry. 
Um, and then they, you know. they still have Bedford and Exeter to play. Yep. At coming the end up of the too. season there. So, I mean, really, uh, if you remember the last season, they got off to that fast start. Um, and it's and almost then, the opposite this yeah, year with their, yeah. their backs up against the wall a little bit here. Um, so, you know, but I those Sauhegan kids have a lot of pride, and I, I, I expect a, a really good effort out of them over the next week to get them back in the hunt and, you know, head into that Bedford and Exeter with, with a uh, those two matchups with a, with a good chance to move up in the standings. You know, and I mentioned earlier that um, Bedford-Salem game next Wednesday as, you know, being a big one, one to one to circle on the calendar, just because I mean, right now that's that would be the four-five matchup if the playoffs started now. Then Bedford turns around the next day, plays at BG, and then gets a day off, and then goes to play at Westford. In mo in most years, you'd look at that and say, well, that's okay. We're just playing Salem the day before BG, but not this year. You you've got You've got to win that. You're going to win that game. You know, Bedford did have a really nice win over Londonderry there. They got back on track after two heartbreaking, you know, one goal losses. That can, you know, it, kudos to Coach Gerard and his kids for for not, you know, being able to turn the page after after Exeter and Acton Boxborough and come back, respect Londonderry, and and come out of there at Londonderry with with a nice 11-6 win. Of course, uh, you know, we mentioned earlier we're we're going a little bit later tonight, and the reason for that. Um, you, of course, Dairyfield today played against Dover, a 4.30 four start, um, which, you know, first quarter, um, really, really interesting, kind of intriguing. A little, feel, little feeling uh, yeah, out feeling process, on a little I think. Bit. Um, you guys were, it was a 2-2 game at the end of the quarter. Uh, you know, you guys, I think, first goals of the quarter came about a minute or so apart, so it was a 1-1 game most of the quarter. And then... And the second two goals yeah, were less were, than 30 yeah, seconds yep, apart. Yep, you know, at the, so, in the last uh, minute of the quarter. Um, yep. But, you know... Dover, I, I, the one the one sequence that kind of stands out in my mind there was they were spent they spent a lot of that quarter on offense, um, clearly trying to keep the ball away from from your offense. Um, had a chance to go up three one or, or two one that point, and then it would have been three one after that. Hit a hit a pipe, and it kind of not to say that that changed things, but you know that made it but a it two two us game. To get the ball, yeah. and then we came then we came down with about 30 seconds left, and we were able to we're able to put one in, and and it did. It kind of kind of, you know, rode the momentum from that, and then um, you know our faceoff guy John Anderson was a warrior today. Did a great job in the faceoff circle. Definitely tired a little bit in the second half, but um, when we needed him, he, he was winning. He was winning faceoffs there, and our wing play was huge. Um, you know, big shout out to Max Anderson and. and um, uh, Alex Neville, who who did a great job against two super talented attackmen in um, Dom Silverio and uh, Ryan Cl and uh, Kalizzi, um, just did you know phenomenal job against those guys. And um, you know those are those are two guys that are definitely all state selections and, and um, you know are capable of putting up big points. The thing with you know you, you as you mentioned, you guys started winning faceoffs in the in the second quarter, and it wasn't just I thought that you were getting it and and going right down and scoring. You guys were able to put together possessions and and work the ball around just as much as you were getting transition goals yep I, it was important for our guys to to be able to well we also knew that you know possessing the ball is just as important against when you're playing a talented team like dover that's as explosive as they are and able to put up you know they, they've been averaging over 15 goals a game you know sometimes having the ball on offense is just as important as scoring goals and, and you know keeping that time of possession in your favor in a game like that you know the uh, coming in, you guys are both undefeated. Um, I actually, you know, figured it out this morning, but I had you guys, them getting the tiebreaker again, be just because of wins at this throughout at this point in the season. But now this guy's this puts you guys, you know, in line that if you take care of business, you know, you get that number one seed. But really, 
does it matter? I, I mean, as long as you're in I, that top I four. I, I agree. I don't. I don't think it was. I mean, yes, we did. I mean, we're not going to lie. We definitely wanted to win this game. Um, but we 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 said coming into this that win or lose, we're going to learn something about it about ourselves today. And you know, chances are we're going to see Dover or Portsmouth or another talented team in the playoffs. You got to win three. You got to win three difficult games like the quarterfinals have not been easy games for for the for d2 and it looks like it's going to set up that way again so we're not so concerned about what seed we get we do we do enjoy like if we can win out we'd love to be the one seed but um you know i I don't think anybody's road to the finals is going to be any easier no matter what you get um and like we said there was no guarantee last year dover dover gets the one seed and and you know they draw a talented portsmouth and a talented team in in the semifinals and who knows that could happen this year you know just with the way the schedules are so We'll just uh, we'll keep we'll keep playing whoever's in front of us and, and go from there. You know, and, and of course, two years ago, you guys were the the one seed in Division mm-hmm. Two. Um, kind of Goffstown's year to finally get that um, that championship course, and they they came off a big win um, again today too. Seven uh, six win over Hollis Brookline. That's four in a row for another them. Big, another big seating another big seating yeah, game there. Yeah, um, you know they're. They're getting in line even for, I mean, it, 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 depending on if things break the right way, having a shot at even a bye. Um, Absolutely. I mean, they've got they've got some big games. You know, at Pembroke, if they take care of business there, then they've got Timberlane, Bow, and Keene, three teams that are all still kind of in the hunt. Um, and if they're able to win those three games, they are definitely in the conversation for, for possibly a top four yeah, especially and especially with, with finishing up the year against Portsmouth. You know, if Portsmouth maybe doesn't, come through against Dover or, or drops a game somewhere along the line, it opens the door for that. Yep, absolutely. Uh, you know, um, I know another team that, that you talked about in the preseason that, that got off to a bit of a slow start, uh, Merrimack Valley, they seem to have turned things around. They've definitely um, righted the ship. They're putting up they're putting up big points. Um, you know, had a, good, had a good win at home against John Stark. Um, and it looks like, you know, they're, they're going to be capable of rattling off a, a, ton of, uh, a ton of wins here towards the end of the season. They do have Hollis. They've got Dover. Um, they've got at, they got to go to St. Thomas. Um, all those things, all those things are there, but it lines up for them to possibly possibly have a high seat as well. Not not sure if anyone can actually hear this <laughs> as we're uh, as we're doing this, but there is a, a train going through um, Nashua right now, um, moving at you know the, the blazing speed of ten miles an hour. So New Hampshire uh, problems. Yeah, yeah. You know the uh, other team. The other team that we talked about in the beginning of the season that got off to a little bit of a slow start that we thought would make uh, make some waves is Keene. Right. And yep. you know Keene starts off the season two two and two and four and has then since rebounded to win five straight games. Um, you know, and they they've won some big tiebreaker games um, against Timberlane, Bo, John Stark, um, and now they've got a big one looming at Wyndham coming up uh, on Friday. Well, not just they've got two wins over both of those teams, John mm-hmm. Stark and Bo. Um, they, their schedule is, is to finish is not easy. It's like you said at Wyndham they get Laconia in a, a crossover game, and then they get Goffstown at home. You know, so it's uh, you know a couple of a couple of tough games. Um, you know, how much too does um, looking at at least looking at the the standings today, where they matched up in the ratings? I think they lost a little bit because they don't play any of those D one teams. You know, they don't right. have a a bump up and and play a game against a D1 team like you know like you guys do like Dover does like I believe Portsmouth did um, you know so that might have that influences their um, their schedule a little bit too so they kind of they start out almost a step behind a little bit yep and then the you know the two teams I'm looking at um, at the you know the bottom of the alphabet here Winnicott and Wyndham 
Winnick County definitely controls their own destiny here. They're going to play Hollis Brookline. They've got Wyndham. They've got Derryfield, and they've got Portsmouth there. So, you know, if they were to win, if they were to win a few of those games, they've got one loss on the schedule right now, and they kept it close with Dover. I mean, there's a team right there that's in line for a top four spot if if they continue. So, Coach Pat Snow doing a great job with his guys out there. Um, you know, so yeah, that Hollis, that Hollis, and those two games against Hollis and Wyndham coming up are going to be huge for them. And then, you know, Wyndham, we talked about, really challenged themselves this year. They get, it looks like they've got maybe 17, maybe 18 games, 18, 18 games, games on their schedule. schedule. Yeah. Um, you know, Coach Young's doing a great job over there. He's got, he's got a few guys. He's dealing with some injuries. But, um, you know, we played them last Saturday, and I was really impressed with how hard they played and just the, the young talent he's got on his team there. Um, the Russ brothers doing doing a great job on the offense of them. Tyler Folsom was an absolute beast, uh, just a great lefty lefty shooter. Um, they're a team that I, I think a lot of teams would not want to see in the playoffs, he, I, um, especially if they get healthy. Yeah, they. they I saw them against Dover last week, and he had five. Folsom, I'm talking about, had five goals in the first 13 minutes of the game, and then but Dover was able to find a way to, to cut him off after that, um, and and they needed. I think. I mean. They scored 11, so, I mean, in the last, what, 30-something uh, minutes of that game, they scored six goals. So, I mean, they needed someone else to kind of step up. I'm uh, not sure. And that's it. Can they know. find, as the season progresses, can they find some other other guys to help out Noah and Jake and Tyler there? And if they do, you know, they, they do. The Phil Sukulos is a great face-off guy for them. He's winning a lot of face-offs. Um, you know, so they're a team that, yeah, I, I think a lot of teams that maybe with a high seed would not want to see in a quarterfinal game. You know, you, you mentioned a, a, it seems like all of these teams that we're talking about here uh, have played or have to play Hollis Brookline. Um, and just they, you know, after the winning those first two games, it's just been hit a real rough patch here. Um, you know, Bunch not of really close games. Yeah, you know, a, yeah. A, a close seven, and, and low you scoring know, a six, games. Six, seven loss to Wyndham, you know, a close loss to St. Thomas. They played Portsmouth tough. They lose to, to Nashua South, you know, eight five in a, in a really tough, and then and then drop a, a one goal get loss to Goffstown. So th- that's a team that I think if you can just get in the playoffs, you know, they're they're growing up fast as the season goes on. Coach McDonough knew coming into the season that he was going to have a very young offense. They were they were re- replacing a whole bunch of seniors at midfield. They were going to have to retrain their whole midfield, and they've got talent there. It's just can they grow up fast enough to complement Ryan Olson down on attack. Um, so in the, in the great goalie play of Garrett Maloney, I mean that's it's a compliment to him that he's seeing so many shots in a game and able to able to keep his team in every game like that and give him a chance to win. I mean they've only once given up more than eight goals, um, and that was against Portsmouth, in a yeah. game that that you know was kind of over, but then it wasn't over, and then it you know went back and forth like that. You know the the game that kind of stands out, you know, like if they're if they're able to kind of tread water here and and stay in that tenth, eleventh, twelfth spot. I think they were twelfth going into today. Um, the game at the end of the year against Nashville North is a huge one yeah. because, again, it's a Division One opponent. You win that game, you get that extra point. You know, if they're close with someone like, say, Bo or John Stark, who they don't play, um, that, that could make a big difference. Absolutely. But coming up, um, you know, over the course of the week, any any games uh, that you've got kind of flagged in your mind? Well, I definitely, I definitely uh, would like to. I, I'm going to be interested in that Winnicott Hollis score. Um, I think that's a big that's a big one there. Keen Wyndham um, coming up on Friday as well. Um, 
you know, just doing, taking a quick scroll through, I think I think those would be the games that I, I would circle. And then if you look ahead to next week, Portsmouth's next game is they, they play. They've had a, they get a little bit of a layover right now, a long layover, and they play at Dover. So, you know, does how is Dover? How does Dover respond? You know, um, I think they're going to come out firing. Th- those two teams, they always play good, tough games. Um, so that that'll be what six thirty start on that one. Might have to end practice early <laughs> that day and get out there and see that one. That'll be a good game. Yeah. Uh, and of course, in, in Division Three uh, today, another battle of um, you know undefeated uh, teams. You know, between Hopkinton and Laconia, and uh, Hopkinton coming out on top, uh, ten to four. Uh, yeah, so I, I think that clearly, I think that clearly defines Hopkinton as as the the class of Division Three right, right now. You know, again, all season long. The beginning game of the season, they give up seven to Guilford. Since then, they haven't given up over five goals in a game. I mean, just, um, you know, they're, they're just clicking on all cylinders right now. You know, and you kind of look at it. There's a, there's a, you know, comparing scores, which sometimes works, sometimes doesn't. Um, you know, you look at some of the teams that they've beaten, that Laconia's also beaten. Uh, you know, and they've just they've just had a little bit wider margin of victory in, in some of those games. Um, what what I do uh, or what I am looking forward to seeing here at the end here is that, you know, there's still one other undefeated team in Division Three right now, and that's Pelham, yep. uh, who is a little bit behind in terms of games played. Uh, you know, but they've got to go. I to don't Hopkinton. like that Pelham Pelham has to go to Hopkinton, and the day before they're at Cole Brown. And for a lot of people, they might oh, it's Cole Brown. Well, Cole Brown's playing they're pretty playing good this very season. Good. They've, they've got some they've got some really nice wins, and it's not easy to go up to Cole Brown right now. Um, they're not winning by wide margins, but they're finding a way to grind out wins. Um, yeah, they're five and two right now. They did win today uh, against Stevens. Um, you know, and they've so got. That's some definitely going to work against Pelham. Having to make that road trip, yeah. turn around. You know, probably probably play a hard game against them, and then have to turn around the next day and, and play undefeated. Well, we presume to be undefeated Unde- at the time, right, Hopkinson. Right. You know, and and it's one of um, you know what looks like a, a handful of good games for for Pelham coming up. You know, Monadnock has kind of turned things around here after a slow start to their season. They've got to play them. Um, you know, Milford would be right on the cusp of playoffs right now. You know, but how, you know, what level are they going to be? They've been playing really well, being able to pull out some game, yep. some close games. Um, you know, so I, I think with the with the exception of maybe Hopkinton and Laconia, um, I think maybe the rest of the division still kind of. I would love to see Plymouth play Hopkinton. Unfortunately, they're not on the schedule there. That's another team that we had kind of circled in the beginning of the year. Um, you know, Coach Glenn always does a great job with his guys up there and, and just seems to get the best out of his athletes. It's too bad they're not playing in the regular season. Um, you know, and then a team, we, we said we were going to wa- kind of watch Trinity to see as they as they got their goalie back and then, um, you know, how, the, how they start to play as the season goes on there. I think that they did because I saw the guy that, uh, was it uh, Ethan Messner? Yep. He's He actually scored a couple goals last week in a game, so... I'm thinking that they've got, um, they may be back at full strength. Uh, you know, you mentioned, um, you know, mentioned Plymouth. They came up with a, a 16 to nine win today over Milford. Um, you know, getting getting that game at home. You know, not having to make that drive down here. Um, that's probably a big win for them because, you know, they've got a couple of games on there that that you know, kind of, they lost at Pelham, having to go there, but then losing at home to Campbell. Um, yep. Kind of an interesting one. Close game against Conville. Close game against Guilford. So, you know, being able to score 16 against Milford was probably a, a, a good thing, a good boost for for the Bobcats. 
You know, and I, I looking through Trinity's scores there too. You look, you know, they lost an early season game without their goalie, seven to four to Laconia. They lose three to four to Interlakes. They lose sixteen three to Pelham. You know, you get your goalie back and you get Ethan Messner back on the field. All of a sudden, you know, maybe you win at least two of those games, right? And now you're looking a lot better. You're feeling a lot better um, going into the rest the the rest of the stretch of the season. So. That's I, I I can't wait for that uh, for the the game against Hopkinson on the 16th. That'll be a good one. For Trinity, you mean? For Trinity, yeah, yes, yeah. at at Hop, yeah. yeah, against Hopkinson. Yeah, I mean, we mentioned um, you know Co Brown playing well this year. Um, you know, in, Interlakes Moultonboro is another team that um, what second year varsity program again. They would be a playoff team if the playoffs you know started a lot, today. A lot of games in May though. They get a lot of games coming up here, and you know it was it was a good start for them. But you know it's going to get it's it, it's going to start ramping up soon. Um, you know that'll be an inter- they've got a they got Co Brown there on the 16th, and then got to play Brady the next day. So that game, uh, I think they're going to have to spend a tremendous <laughs> amount of energy because Co Brown's the team that yeah. you know they're chasing a little bit. Yeah. Uh, you know, in our our last uh, few minutes here, why don't we take a quick look over at the uh, the girls' side of things? Um, you know, I know we were talking last week about. Um, you know the 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 top of division 1 you know maybe being four or five teams with Exeter kind of being that team that might be able to get in there and challenge um you know the Pinkerton Bedford uh, Sauhegan Bishop Girton and um you know I think uh, I think last week's results kind of maybe proved that a little bit more you know Merrimack had a couple big games against BG and Bedford came up short in those uh South today I, I believe got out to a, a lead and then couldn't hang on against BG so you know a few more things showing us that that D1 girls is, is looking very top heavy it's it's looking like a five it's looking more like more and more like a five team race up there all the time um, you know Sauhegan still with only that one loss to Notre Dame out of state um, you know and then but they've got a they've got a matchup looming against at Pinkerton on the 15th coming up and then um, and then Bedford the following Friday yep so things will start to shake out. I, I, I could see a whole bunch of teams in Division One having having one or two losses there. So um, you know, I don't I don't think that that's a division that I don't think you put a whole lot of stock into who's the one seed, or who's the <laughs> four seed, or whatever. You know, you we we talked uh, you know with, with including Exeter, like saying that they're kind of the fit. They may not end up finishing fifth just because of how tough their schedule is too. You know, they finished the year, you know, with games at Portsmouth and at Winnicott, who are the two top teams in. Division two, uh, I believe they lost to both of them last yeah. year to, to fall out of the playoffs. But you know, you look at, at their results; they've got what five losses at this point. Um, one of those is a two-goal loss to Sauhegan. Uh They lost today by two goals to Pinkerton. You know, and then they were in. They were in, in that Bishop Bishop game. game. They were going into by the fourth six. quarter, very close. Um, yeah. You know, speaking of which, I think if I'm Coach Carey over at BG, I actually kind of like the fact that I lost those three games. I mean, you never like losing games, but. It kind of allows BG to fly under the radar a little bit, which doesn't happen very often with the Cardinals. <laughs> yeah, you know, um, so you know, th- and it also kind of takes the pressure off your girls a little bit. You okay? We lost some games early in the season. Now we know what we got to do to get better. And when we see those teams in the playoffs, we'll be ready for it. We know what we got to do. So, you know, I know how competitive Coach Carey is, and I know she probably didn't want to drop those games. But if anything, it, it may make her life a little bit easier because, like we said, you know, whether you just got to get in and you got to get one of the top four seeds, get that by, and then you're gonna if you're gonna win a championship, you're gonna have to win two two really good games. So, so. I will I will make a guarantee here. 
that at some point in the next couple of days, someone will refer to that Pinkerton Sauhegan game as a game for the di- the number one seed, <laughs> completely forgetting about what else is going on. Yeah. Because of course you got Pinkerton undefeated, Sauhegan with one loss. Bedford but with but one the winner loss. the winner of that game could he, I mean there's no guarantee that they end up no. neither one could be the number one seed because Pinkerton you know has to play Andover Mass yep. um, a couple of days after that. Sauhegan still has Bedford and Norwell Mass who. Uh, you know, always gives them trouble. Mm-hmm. Uh, it seems, um, you know, they both have to finish with those with those two games. Potentially, could drop one of those. And if Bedford wins out, if Bedford wins they out, they'll the be top. in there. Yep. Yeah, so I mean, quite a run they've been on too after that that first game. Yeah. the The game that interests me the most is uh, the Bedf- Bedford at Winnicunit on the fifteenth. Um, that one, you know, Winnicunit has been very, very good in D two for a long time, and they always seem to be battling Portsmouth. Um, for that for that championship there. They had another good regular season where, where Portsmouth beat them in the regular season, and it looks like all signs are heading toward, towards those two teams clashing again. And, and you know, that that I've had the chance to be at a couple of those Bedford Winnicunning games. They've, they've kept that kind of crossover game going, you know, since Bedford moved up to D1 a couple years ago. And the ones, at least, that have been out at Bedford have been fantastic games. Um, I think last year that that was Bedford's only loss during the regular season mm-hmm. was to Winnicott, which, I mean, that, you know, that I think that says a lot. Of course, then both end up being the runners-up in their respective divisions. So. Any other um, final thoughts on, on, you know, the girls' side of things, boys' side of things? You know, any any other lacrosse thoughts in general? Um, you know, I think it's it's finally nice to have to have spring weather going and, and to get everybody out there consistently and not have it raining every day, which is helping it. So I think the I think the play that you're going to see on the field over the next couple of weeks is going to benefit a lot from that. Um, and I think it's shaping up for for a great end of the season. I think on the boys' side, you know, I think Division One, you're, you're kind of starting to see those matchups form, and you're definitely going to see them over the next couple of days. Division Two. I think it's going to go down to the wire. You're not going to be able to tell. You're not going to be able to tell who who's going to be playing who uh, till the very end, kind of like we talked about in the beginning of the season. And like we said on the D3 side, I, I think the matchups are starting to get there. Outside so. of those top two, maybe one, yep. two, maybe three teams. Yeah, I think you're right about that. So, um, but it'll be it'll be an exciting end of the season here, and I can't believe how fast it's gone oh, already. Unbelievably we're fast. We're almost to we're almost to uh, late, uh, Memorial Day weekend and in, in the NCAA tournament, and um, you know that'll be that'll be a fun experience. I hope a lot of our kids are, are going to take the opportunity to get down to Gillette and see that. Um, just a a great opportunity in our back door to see some really good lacrosse. Yeah, we're we're recording this on a, a Wednesday night, um, three weeks from today. The playoffs start. Crazy. Yeah. Absolutely crazy. He is Chris Hetler, head coach of the Dairyfield Boys Lacrosse team. Coach, thanks again for uh, for joining me. Joe, thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm Joe Marcellina from NHHighSchoolSports.com. Thanks again for listening. <laughs>